Welcome to Who Are You, a CSI podcast. I am Lauren, and I've seen CSI thrown through around three to four times. And I'm Nick, and this is my first time experiencing these episodes. And today we are reviewing season two, episode seven, Caged. Episode original air date is November 8th, 2001. Uh, Director is Richard J. Lewis. Writers are Anthony E. Zyker, Elizabeth Devine, and Carol Mendelson. And we begin this episode with several shots of the Vegas Strip. So Nick, what is our Vegas score for this episode? We have four shots initially, and then there's actually a little, there's a tiny little like three not even it barely is i rounded up to three seconds <laughs> later on in the episode so we end up at 29 of a possible uh, okay 55 lb right. score all right yeah was, i was like jazzed with like all the cuts and stuff under the old score it would be very high because i think yes it, it, it used to be like multiple clips so it'd be like it would have been like 44 or something which Whoa. is like basically as high as we had it at, at all last year so yeah this is probably our, our highest vegas uh, score so far and i think it's appropriate yeah yeah all right so we then move away from the vegas trip we go to a jeep like rushing just driving really fast it comes up to a train intersection the barrier comes down indicating that a train is on its way the woman driving the jeep slams on her brakes but she is on the ends up on the tracks and gets hit by the train they do a really good job of the scene unlike second watch through once they kind of know what yeah, the gist what's going is on. the way yep. that they recorded the shots that they chose it really sells the narrative to begin with while being faithful to what you actually then, happened you unravel eventually happens yep. yeah because you're like she comes to a stop and then it looks like she drives onto the tracks again you're yes. like what is going on yeah you're like what is happening and, and it started to play and went i was like wait did they cheese this first scene I, and then I, I watched it. I even like skipped back and rewatched it for like those 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went, oh no. Oh wow. What a good job. <laughs> really. Like, kudos. You did. You kudos. really like follow the rules. And I was like, I was like, I was like, okay, this is, this is definitely some, some good, some, some good filming. I, I've, I very, very much appreciated that. Yeah. Yeah. So Catherine is in on scene. Jim Brass is already there. We learn that the victim is Megan Treadwell. Grissom is inspecting the train and he and Catherine have almost a jokey, like why, like why the chicken cross the road, but instead like why person tried to cross train track. I don't, it was a very weird moment to try to get to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. It was a weird time to, to introduce humor in my opinion, but you know, what do I know? We're then at credits. Then we're back to Grissom and Catherine. We learn that, you know, this incident is like holding up trains, right? Because it's, they're they're stopped and that Catherine only has two hours for you know until they have to clear the scene basically and Catherine's like well I need additional help and he's like you get Sarah and she's like he's like Sarah's all you get and she's like oh that's all I need and I was like yeah woman power women supporting women like she was like yeah yeah Sarah's all I need like I don't I don't need two people if I'm getting Sarah like Sarah's great a team right yes yes a team so and we don't get them paired up too often. I think this is the first time that they've been paired up since the carnival episode. Okay, yeah. I was like, I know there's another episode because I I feel like I thought that their dynamic was weird last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was yeah. really, really good. It was pretty good yeah. this time. So. Yeah, I thought it was really good this time. So Grissom is then with O'Reilly and they're walking 
you know, through this building with all these books. And originally this started as a burglary in process call, but they found a victim. They're in the Western States Historical Society. The body is downstairs. We learn that the environment where the body is, it's a controlled environment to protect the book. So it's like a, you know, certain humidity level, certain temperature to try to prevent degradation, limited lights. And they see a woman in a room, like almost like a cage. They end up, you know, drilling it open. EMTs enter. They realize that she has like a red tint. There's like edema. And as Grissom is taking pictures of the body, a man tells him not to. He's basically like, you're, you, you know, you can damage the books. Yeah, and yeah. we learn that this person is Aaron Pratt. And this transitions us to Grissom with Aaron. And Aaron is detailing this, his like entire routine of how he gets home, right? Like I go and yeah. I say this to Veronica and then I have to be here to get the bus at this time. And then the bus goes here. He also details Veronica's death. So he's describing pretty vividly, you know, that she was sweating, like sweat was pouring down her forehead. She grabbed her stomach, you know. Very sort of ordered, like yeah. this happened and then this happened and then this yes. happened. Yeah. Yes, very, very orderly. And Nick arrives. Grissom and Nick step aside. They talk. This is where Mr. Pratt gets the label of being autistic. And I will say this now as someone who is not neurotypical, not my favorite portrayal no. of an autistic and not, not against the actor. I think the actor played the role they wanted him to play. I don't like this pigeon holding of what an autistic person. Yeah. I feel like, like, especially like 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, the language hadn't really evolved. No. For, for this to ever age well. Yes. You know what I mean? No, I agree. Yeah, oh, it's but, it's very telling of the time. Yeah. For so sure. I, I think it, for the time, it's probably on the higher end of It probably was. Oh, yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it definitely, I think, is like, just as a society and the general awareness of people that, and like, recognizing, I mean, I know that like, a lot has happened in the medical space, mm-hmm. in the in like societal spaces to to really like move forward for anybody who has any sort of neurodivergence or, or sort of separate, like different, like general intellectual or social interaction differences. Yeah. Like we've, we're like so much better than we were 20 something years ago. So, and all I could think of to compare this to is like Sheldon from the big bang. Yes. It was yes. like so much more humanistic, mm-hmm. I think, in his portrayal, where yeah. they really did. I feel like this time they really tried to give Aaron like an otherworldliness that is really probably inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. And not that, that, you know, there's so many different people out there. There could be somebody just like Aaron out there. Oh, there could be. But yeah, that's not necessarily, yeah. They, they don't really have the tools or the knowledge or the exposure at this time. But I do like that the, even though there's like a little bit of like, the main cast has to come around to like accepting that he's just a person. Yes. They're not mean about it. Right. They're just Nick, Nick's a little, I would say Nick is like the most ignorant. Nick, yeah. He's but he little... often gets pigeonholed into that. That is true. Bro. Is dude. True. He's almost, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's almost stereotypically mean to bro. Dudes. Yeah. Oh, Nick. <laughs> if only, you know, 
you know, that was a, a plighted part of society, we would be concerned. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're not. They're not. They're um, doing, if the Kelsey brothers have, have shown us anything recently, they're doing fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> they're doing great. So, yeah, it's like, yeah, Nick is, I think Nick is often like plays the ignorant foil in that show. Yeah, he does play like the new, he plays like the newbie and the young one and the like has to be taught, you know, like, oh, there's so much you need to learn, Nick. Yeah. So we end up shifting back to Catherine and Sarah. They are walking on the tracks. They come across an adorable little dog named Maverick. Jim Brass is then talking to the train engineer who's basically saying, you know, he, they have the right of way. (laughs) And, you know, he does what he can and he put on the brake as soon as he could, but obviously it's that- Something was going on. Is dark out. Yeah, yeah. I'm a train. You get first. I was a. I already feel like they really uh, oversold how quickly trains can stop. Yeah. Oh, it, like, does, I, it takes it takes them miles to stop. Like yeah. miles to stop. So I was, like, I was like, that train had to go pretty slow to start with if it was able to stop at all. Right. Right. Sarah walks up. We learn that the dog belongs to the victim. Grissom is then with Doc Robbins. The victim had their victim has cyanosis. Grissom is thinking this is a homicide, yep. so we'll we'll see, we'll see. But Grissom Grissom is putting money down on, on homicide. Spoiler, spoiler, he's right. He's wrong. Oh yeah, he's wrong. You're right. It's not homicide. <laughs> he's, he's absolutely wrong. <laughs> you are right. It's not homicide. Yeah. But that's he. A, but but I will say. <laughs> but I will say. Well, it's almost like self homicide. Unintentional. Yeah, there's, a, there's a separate word for that. <laughs> I well, I know, but it's unintentional. Like, yes. She didn't she didn't mean to. Yeah, yeah. So. Although, in fairness, there was definitely a foul play afoot. There was yes. attempted homicide. There was attempted homicide on somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Nick is in the room where the body was found. The curated curator barges in and oh. basically does a whole like, ooh, like I, I, I have to see the books are. I have to admit, I have an incorrect prediction. Oh, let's hear I, it. I I mean, I know it's incorrect now, but at the time I was predicting there was going to be a substance on the book that was on the floor. Fair. Because she's like, we're figuring the book and they, they they had this like one shot where they like really prominently showed it like in the light. And I went, oh, You're like, okay. oh that's I it. was like, let me write this down. This is what I think it's going to yeah, be. Yeah. Like, it's going to be something in the book and thinking that. So, yeah, I was also on Team Mama's side. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. And... Once they get the curator out of there, Grissom finds a pen by the trash can, which plays a very important role later on. And we also learn that Grissom views Aaron as like a camera, as a human camera. They don't basically do a good job of coming back to this at all. And when they finally like talk to him about it again, I just it's, feel like his approach is abhorred. Yeah, it's not great. It's not. Yeah. It's not ideal at all. So we then see a car, the car getting towed, the car that got hit by the train. Catherine and Sarah are taking pictures. This is where they realize that there are two sets of skid marks, which weird, right? There shouldn't be two sets of skid marks, but there's two sets of skid marks. Then we have Grissom, the curator, talking. They just have a scene where they're talking about the proper pH of paper, paper and the solutions that they use and yeah. none of them really should be like acidic or, you know, too dangerous. Cause obviously they don't want to compromise the books. Yeah. The paper is naturally acidic. So they, they add a base to it so that yeah. to make it neutral so that it doesn't degrade over time. Things yeah. like that. Yeah. This transition to that to Grissom with O'Reilly in a short scene where we learn that Aaron has sticky fingers because they find yeah. that he has a book on him that he should not have. Allegedly. So Grissom, yeah, allegedly. It sort of ends up like, mm, it's not really him, but 
Grissom talks to Aaron and they talk about the fact that they found a copy of Othello in his briefcase, which, mm-hmm. you know, you're not supposed to be taking books out of the the library. And then they talk about Mr. Hunter and his lunches yeah, and how and how Veronica is part of that lunch. <laughs> yeah, he has like this for lunch, that for lunch, and then he has Veronica. Then he has for Veronica. And I literally in my notes I put quote and Veronica end quote. <laughs> Quite the racy retelling. Uh, yeah, he's like, oh, he's like touching her breasts. I, I and... was like, this is like HBO level. Yeah. Woo. So you know, this this comes up. The lunch, the lunches become an important feature. Another really, I guess, it's, actually, no, this happens later on. Never mind. We'll okay, okay, we'll 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 get around right. to it. Catherine and Sarah are then at the tow yard inspecting the car. They find a filament from another car, which again, strange. They also notice paint transfer. They can't. This is so funny. This reminded me of the episode where they could tell which paint transfer on the dumpster was the freshest but they couldn't tell they couldn't age this paint transfer like they literally said like oh it we're not going to be able to know if it's like recent or not really you had a dumpster that had a million swatches of paint on it and you were able to say like this is the freshest they've also had like they've also had ones where it's like remember they did like the 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 car that was painted like three times yes that was the same one same same one one. they're like oh standard color from this mcmont like why are you not testing the paint on these two cars i don't very quickly you can prove that they hit each other yes it's like what is happening like why did we just forget all the tools that we've had in previous they solved they solved the mystery too fast yeah exactly we needed to take some time we laid off the paper guy he's not allowed so we could hire a new sound engineer yeah yeah so sarah finds a cell phone in the car and she also realizes that the e-brake is on, which mm-hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, why Why would this car in the middle of the track have a seat brake on? So, and then we go to Nick and Doc Robbins. Doc Robbins is letting Nick know that the victim was poisoned, but he hasn't been able to ID, like, what poison it was at this time. And then this is really odd conversation about how much Doc Robbins loves the table that Nick is working on. I thought this was going to come up again. No, it never <laughs> Like, like I, it's okay. so weird because he's like, he's like Nick. I really I, like that I table. I really like this table, and you're like, oh, are we gonna end the episode with like Doc Robbins happily standing at this new table? So no. not even in like a future no. episode. It's I not like the I new don't Doc think Robbins so. table. Okay. I don't think so. I was at the end of the episode. I was like, what happened to the table? I will. I will say as someone who doesn't have the best memory, I really don't think that this comes mm. up again. We'll find out. Stay tuned for future t- podcast t- episodes. <laughs> Does we the table sure come back? <laughs> so ridiculous. Table watch 2024. <laughs> oh, Catherine and Sarah are examining their evidence. There's no glass on the filament. Like there's no melted glass on the filament that they pulled, which indicates that the headlights were not on when the collision occurred. Because if they were on, then the glass would have melted to the filament. And the filament would have been hot. Yes. Yeah. Then we have Nick and Grissom at Aaron's house. They find more books from the Historical Society at his house. But he explains this by saying that Veronica brought the books and that he is dating Veronica. He believes that they're in a romantic relationship. I thought this was a misnomer the first time I watched this, by the way. Oh, okay. And it wasn't until the second time I watched it that there is a literal 
scene at the end of the movie yeah, that they shows kiss. Veronica kissing him. Yes. I assume that I think that was the I think I assume that was the curator. Oh, him. So yeah, like, she yeah, really yeah. was like legit like playing him. Yes, it's sad. It's a bummer. <laughs> Nick finds a shrine to Veronica though at Aaron's house, which makes Nick very suspicious. <laughs> He's like, this I mean, is not a good luck. Yeah, people I think in relationships exchange things. Oh, I don't know how consensual or non-consensual this collection. And this was, is also but... we should we should also point out, given the age of this episode, nowadays most of what you have of your significant other is on your phone. Yeah, right. You, you're gonna have like tons of pictures. They're gonna be sending you pictures. You're gonna be sending them pictures. Not the case in 2001. Yeah. So most people didn't have a digital camera. Right. So like. It makes sense that, like, if he wanted to be reminded of her, that he would have, like, actual hard copy pictures of her. But also, the kind of thing creepy people do to people they are in relationships with. Very true. So it was the perfect kind of, like, oh, like, you know, make him look guilty, but it could still be reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually a a pretty good choice. and But it was also oddly, like, although I shouldn't say that, I have, like, a drawer of, like, stuff from when I first started dating my partner. Yeah, see, like I you know, what I mean, I just like yeah. put it in all the like a little collection. Yeah, you know? yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. ticket stubs and yeah. cards and things like that. Yeah, so you know, it is what it is. Hair Sarah, scrunchies. Sarah, and Catherine are then with the audio guy, who is the video guy from the dumpster episode. Same person. Oh my god! Thank you. I Same was person. like, why do I recognize this? That's guy? why you recognize. Him. And then I was like, is this a spot the guest star? And then no. I'm not going to kid you. I went, am I being racist? <laughs> do, <laughs> no. do I think this guy looks like some other Asian American or Pacific no. Islander actor? And I can't tell them apart. Why do I swear? And then when I saw it a second time, I went, this guy looks so familiar. That's why he looks so why familiar. Do I know this is the video guy show. from the college episode. Uh, Same guy. So much better than myself as a human yep. being. <laughs> yep. So we learn from the audio guy that. The last call the victim made was to 911. So we hear, we're hearing the 911 call. And then they do a lot of fun isolating sound and moving them into their own tracks so they can just like listen to like individual sounds. And the audio guy is pretty sure that the other car that they isolate is turbo and it's probably diesel. So definitely not the victim's car. Pretty slick uh, work on the sound isolation, randomly. Yeah, it was just like boop, 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 boop. I don't think it goes that quickly. I think it takes a lot of work to isolate tracks. I mean, and it probably goes them. much more like that today. Yes. Now that we have much more powerful computers and yes. software and yes. interfaces. I also love that he's just using like a sound mixing board and moving knobs. I, don't, I think he moves the same knob up and down yeah. to do two different things at that's one all, point. That's all, that's all it needs to do. It's a magical <laughs> knob. It does, all, it does all sorts of things. Remind me of the first episode where they printed the same results for two different cases. <laughs> for two different tests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, did they just reuse this clip and play it in reverse? It's possible. Yeah, that's what they did. I mean, I mean, it was possible. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was uh, also great car guy. And because I looked him up on IMDb, apparently we're going to be seeing a lot of this guy. Yes. He is in, in like he is, over a hundred episodes. He's in the rest of the show. Yeah. I'm he's fairly certain time, he's basically yeah. in the rest of the show. Not every single episode, but he's like for the remaining seasons, he's in. It might've been over 200 episodes. I remember like I saw it and I was like, and you're like wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh, what else is this guy in? Oh no. He's just in this a lot. He's in this a lot. Yes. I was like, but I've never true, seen him before. True story. Apparently I should have investigated that. Yeah, yeah. So we're then with Nick. He's with Greg Sanders. 
There is a globular mass in the victim's blood. Greg Sanders draws out this like structure on this clear, I was going to say whiteboard, but it's really a clear board because you can see through it. So he, he draws out this structure. He's connecting all these things. Claims he slept with Catherine. Yes, claims, claims that the only way that he got where he is in his career is by sleeping with Catherine. And then he is able to identify the structure as a plant and then more specifically, ricin. Yeah. So, Which is kind of a spot the guest star of its own because it's a very famous part of the Breaking Bad series. Oh, is it? I've never watched Breaking Walter. Bad. Yeah. Okay. Walter is a, the main character, is a chemistry teacher. Yes. The whole point of the show is that he uses chemistry knowledge to make really good drugs and gets right. involved in drugs. He's dying of cancer. He's trying to make money to save his family. And he just gets pulled in, pulled in deeper. And then there's a, very, there's a person that. I think he uh, poisons and kills using ricin. Oh, okay. I really forget the details. It has been almost 20 years since I've seen it. Yes, as you've seen it. Yeah, I've never seen it. So I know Um, the basic premise of it, but I've never never watched it. I would not. I knew what ricin was because of that, like immediately. And I would not have known what it was otherwise. Yeah, But this show predates that. So they stole it from uh, CSI. Look at that. We are then with Grissom with Doc Robbins. He tells Doc Robbins that they're fairly certain that it's ricin and doc robbins thinks that that tracks and he also notes that it must have made contact with her tongue and so it was most likely in a powder form because of like ulcerations that were on her tongue so um, opposed to being shot with an umbrella bullet exactly not an umbrella bullet of ricin this is true spoiler alert (laughs) spoiler alert so then we see grissom and nick suited up They're searching the society for, well, they don't say this, but the assumption is that they're trying to find the source of the, the ricin, right? Like where did this, where did this ricin come from? How did it, you know, how did it get on the victim's tongue, et cetera. So they're just kind of like bagging up different jars and bottles and stuff like that from this room. I love that earlier they go the whole thing with Nick. He's like, I was there for like eight hours. You're going to die. And they go to the symptoms. Yeah. He's like freaking out. And actually, Sanders is like, no, you'd already be displaying symptoms if you were poisoned. Like you'd like, probably already be close to death, if not dead already. He's textbook describing the death scene of the librarian. Victoria, yes. Right. It's yep. like, oh, convulsions and sweats and sweats. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and like, cramps, oh, and yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. exactly what she had. Oh, okay. Yep, exactly how she died, according to Aaron. So we pop on over to our other storyline. Catherine and Sarah are discussing like the victim's day. Like they're literally like, okay, she got up, she like went to work, and then she left work, and then she ran an but she ran an errand because they found they this of bag of dog. A lot of well, I have a lot of stuff in my car. My car that is finally not stuck on a lift anymore. <laughs> yes. Hey, listeners, uh, if you're if if you if you learn about a famous TikToker ah. whose uh, uh, car got stuck on a left, you you will you you will uh, learn about one of your podcast hosts. But if you could follow me on TikTok, musings of a firefly. I don't I don't post that often. I'll be honest. So like, if you want regular content, I'm probably not the the creator for you. I just occasionally will feel the need. And yesterday, my car got stuck on a lift after. Just needing an oil change. Like just, just needed an oil change. Yeah. And it took almost 24 hours to get it un the lift unstuck so I can actually get my car back. And you still don't technically have your car back. I don't have my car. Well, to be fair, they were going to drop it off now. And I was like, well, I can't. Because then I have to give the guy a drive back. Because they were like, well, we can send someone to drop him off. But they were like, can you give him a drive back? And I was like, well, I can't really do no. that right now. Because no, I have to like people. <laughs> they don't have two people. They have like the yeah. manager and like one person working there. So 
it's i don't mind whatever it's yeah. like five minutes down the road it's not a big deal that's why i went there because it's five minutes down the road but in and out in a jiffy but it's not jiffy um, i know just I know. just so we're not like putting I'm shade not trying, i'm not trying to throw shade at one thing i'm just saying like yeah. in in and out very quickly with an oil change yeah 24 hours later 24 hours later yeah good times <laughs> this or this your car has spent more time at this oil change than my car has spent at oil changes in the last 10 years yeah uh-huh <laughs> it's good times so we learn so then yeah, we learned that she took an errand. She stopped because she got dog treats. And this, so this brings us to Catherine, Sarah, and Jim Brass. They're talking to vendors. They're at this little, like, market set of stores. Yeah, I didn't know you what don't really, it was. Well, they don't really show you because they just show, like, one woman standing near a fence and then, like, one woman at, like, a coffee stand. And that's it. Yeah. But I think it's supposed to be, like, a little markety That would place. make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they tell them that a guy was, like, freaking out over like a parking space and so we learned that like heated words were exchanged and it, basically she backed up and almost hit him because she didn't see him and then some not nice language was exchanged but the vendors also were able to point out like what his last name is and where he works and yeah. give, give a lot of good identifying details so we then move on over to grissom greg sanders and nick they're talking about ricin and nick thinks that aaron cooked it up that he's the one that who, who created it because yeah. you have to like you know you have to take a part of the plant and like cook it and do these certain things to make rice in you, you know you don't just like pluck rice it off the the plant that it's from you have to like cook from it the basically castor plant yeah castor, castor oil, oil from, from. Yep. castor beans yep yep don't worry those are safe they are yeah don't worry you can you can consume those and so then grissom o'reilly well grissom and o'reilly are with aaron in interrogation he knows about Ryson. He's the one who tells the fun bullet umbrella assassination story. Bulgarian. Yeah, I forgot for the details, but. And they, Kristen is pointing out a book that has a picture of the, the plant. And Aaron they, is saying that he doesn't touch that book anymore because it doesn't feel right. It feels like a new bus pass when it should feel like a worn bus pass. And it bothers and it was, him so he doesn't touch it anymore. It was in his house. That's where they found it. Yes, they found it in his house which is not the best look no. for him. But he does let them know. Grissom wants to know, like, hey, did you tell anybody about this book feeling weird? Because, you know, this has implications. And he told Veronica and Mr. Hunter, and then he also witnessed a fight between them at one of their lunches. So this scene at the lunch was actually really, really good. I didn't get this the first time. I didn't get I don't think I got it the first time either. That they're fighting, and he's this whole thing about no no sex, no food, no salt. Yep. And, but the, he is actually offering, like, uh, Mr. Hunter is offering Veronica a deviled egg with salt, and she pushes it away as if she's mad. Yes. But, but I it's think, because she had put the rice in it yes. and salt. <laughs> so she was like, I don't want to eat this. She's already poisoned it. It just she would have done that regardless of whether they fought. Yes. And I didn't get that the first time watch through. I mean, we don't know yet at this point that the rice is in the salt. So but that's another great that's what I was thinking about earlier. I was like, that's another great callback. Like it's, it's such a good layering. Well, it seems so innocuous at the time, but it's actually super relevant to right. the plot. Yeah. Yeah. So Nick then finds the salt shaker in Mr. Hunter's office. Which brings us to Grissom and O'Reilly with Mr. Hunter, like in interrogation. And this is where he 
lays the bomb that Veronica was the forger. Not him. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. He's so cavalier about it. He's very cavalier and about it. And they're so it. accepting that he might. Yeah, he's they're not just like, they're like, oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, yeah, it's easy to pin the dead person as the forger. <laughs> like, you're just going to take his word for it that she was the forger. I, I, they, they follow up on some things. And so I guess that's, but like, I would have loved to have seen them push back a little bit more yeah. in the scene. Like, yeah. he has an answer to everything, but at the same time, it's like, almost too easily i agree it's like you know you could have a little scene where where like just let someone in the show be wrong right and and, and be like oh we still have to check this we'll check this and we'll yeah. find out and i mean and they then, do they do do follow up but i do agree yeah. that they just seem to be like oh yeah that's fine that makes sense sure yeah. she's the forger again maybe, easy maybe to that, pin it on a dead woman maybe that's on the cutting room floor who knows but yeah who knows it's hard to, to see hard to know We'll have to we'll have to watch the director's cut and see see what they say. Standard edition. Standard edition. So then Grissom and Aaron are back at the I I call it the cage where yeah. she was found dead, and he again recounts Veronica's death. But this time, Grissom probes him, kind of leads him to talk about what happened before she started showing symptoms. Right, like okay yeah you told us like oh she started sweating and she grabbed her stomach and she fell and she convulsed but like what was she doing before that and i guess she was like searching around in her canvas bag and then she chewed on a pen i got the impression she was trying to make sure that nobody was looking so she could put the book in her bag yeah right but yeah and then she chewed he says she's trying to decide something. He's like, oh, what is What does that look like? What, what does Veronica like? trying to decide something look like? And it's chewing on her pen. It's yeah. like her trying to decide on something. I will say, first time watching this, I was very confused. I thought they were implying that this chewing on the pen was the moment where she was poisoned. And it, I was at odds with them describing how long it takes for the symptoms yeah, to yeah, set yeah. in. Yeah. But later on, they actually say that the, they find Ryson on a pen at her house. Yes. So she must chew on all of her pens all yes. the time. Yes. Right? Yes. So that trans transitions us to Grissom and Nick examining her pens. Like they have, a, I guess she has a ton of them. Right. So they have this like large collection of pens. They're, they're swabbing them. And this is where Nick lets Grissom know that he found a castor bean under her fridge. Which would and also I think like a bunch of forgery tools. Yeah, they're like well. every forgery tool known to man. Every forgery say. tool known to man <laughs> is like, also there. How uh how involved is this forgery? Very involved, thing? evidently. I I also like can't get over the fact that like she's over here forging books left, right, and center, and then like does it matter? She's stashing them all at Aaron's house, and nobody's noticed. Right. <laughs> no one's noticed. Well, the, I, well, I guess I haven't noticed because she's putting the forgeries back. No, the forgeries are all at Aaron's house. To, to make no, it no, look no, like no. He's doing it. I think the real books are at Aaron's house, and the forgeries are at this. No, because the, the, the historical the, society, the castor bean plant picture, that book was from his house, and he said, "I don't touch that book anymore because it doesn't feel right anymore." Okay. So it's like I, she said something like they they do. I know that she was trying to set him up. But. Yeah, like he'll take the fall. Like once yeah. they 
once the, you know she can set him up and he'll take the fall later on aaron must be stealing the books yeah or a forgery or whatever but it was kind of like no one's paying attention but it really did also seem like it was mostly just her yeah like working in that the, working in that place and aaron, yeah like those two of them yeah so yeah we we leave this storyline for a little bit we return to Catherine, sarah and jim brass there with mr croft the the psycho from the little marketplace area and oh he sold his car but he has no purchase of receipt which they find very shocking for an accountant they're like yeah. you sold your car and you have no no receipt of of this purchase but don't worry because the very next scene Catherine and sarah are examining said car so they tracked that car yeah. down it has a gutted headlight it has silver transfer paint on it they also realize as they're inspecting inside of it that there are coffee stains and a coffee cup with lipstick on the inside. And this is where they deduce that Megan must have thrown her coffee at him. Yeah. And that was like, you know, he was already angry from their encounter at the marketplace. He like followed her and like they exchanged words. But what really set him off was that she threw his coffee at yeah, him. They- a heated exchange at a light yeah. on the street. Kind of. Yeah. And then we see the like actual reenactment. She's like speeding. She thinks she gets away from him. She gets to the train tracks. The barrier comes down. She's like comforting her dog. And then he slams behind her. And so the skid marks are like her trying to like reverse and not be pushed onto the tracks. And then him pushing her. And then that's why she puts the e-brake on is to try to like stop him from being able to like move her car forward. Yep. But he's able to like, you know, his car is like behemoth and he's able to like shove her car onto the tracks and then her car like stalls out. And they, um, all right. Before I air my grievances with mm. the scene. Fair, fair, fair. I have, I they... have my own. So I'll be curious to see if we have matching oh, grievances I, for this scene. Maybe the one thing they do really well is they actually show her like, trying to back up her tires are spinning one way. And then they yeah, show yeah. her wheel locking up as yes. if she had just pulled the emergency brake. Yeah. And that was really good. However, the, this entire scene, like this entire case rests on this nine one one call that she made driving away from the light. Yes. And then she is stopped at the light thinking she lost him and she's no longer on the phone with nine one one. Yes, which but is then, when but the then whole the nine one but then the nine one call is her like freaking out that he's yeah, and the two engines and yeah. being pushed to the track. So there is a really big disconnect between what they were portraying was occurring earlier in the episode where they were per- portraying happening in the final reenactment. Uh, I that's really, I mean, that's certainly a a big mess. But like, other than that, it's fine. So is my, that what your problem was? No, my grievance with that's a good one. Like I, I should have noticed that, and I didn't notice that. My grievance is just keep driving straight through. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if he's shoving she, you onto the she tracks, had that much time that you just. I, I can't believe you, she stopped at all. You, you already got shoved through one barrier, so you know your car can survive going through the train barriers. Just keep going. Yeah. Just drive. You know, I get like. When she finally decided to do that, her car was like stalled out and she couldn't. But like immediate as soon as he was pushing her and she and she goes into reverse and nothing is happening, like she's not making any headway, immediately you should have just put it in drive and gunned it. 
And that took so long that like it was our, she was already in drive, right? She was just parked. Right. You know what I mean? All she did is put her foot in the grass on the gas and go across the intersection. And just go. Just, just break through the barrier yeah. and go. Yeah, that's that's a good point too, because like that whole that basically the timing is what's really messed up in that reenactment scene, right? Like something could happen there, but it it would have to be different than what they portrayed. Yeah. Or happen at a different pacing. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's I had that thought. I was like, how come she didn't just go forward? Just go forward. She, she had seemed to have so much more time than they made it look like the first like the first time yeah, the she first stops, one. it looks like the train is like right there a hundred feet away going yep. 40 miles an hour right like and then all of a sudden like they have this whole back and forth sl- like it takes like 10 15 seconds yeah i like if you were running from somebody scared and that barrier was coming down i think you would have just gone through it you were just so. driven right through it the first yep. time yeah and if anything you want the train to be the thing that keeps somebody from following you right that's what it, like you go forward with the hopes that like he will not have enough time before the train gets there to follow you and you will have a bit of a head start and you can like lose him. Yeah. My first assumption was that she was like, she could like, she didn't think she was going to make it. So she slammed on her brake. Right. Yeah. And I thought maybe in their final reenactment, he was just going to slam into her. Yeah. Right. But then, yeah, I was slowly sort of, as we came to the end, I was like, there's too much time here. There's way too much time. She should have just, she should just, she should have just gone straight. TV drama. Yeah, uh, I mean that's all it was is yeah, is reality. to try to build up the the anticipation and and make it more exciting. But I just the whole time I was like, just go straight. You already went through one barrier. Who cares? Like, yeah. go through another barrier. Who cares? We're then with Grissom and Aaron, and this is where we learn. Well, we already already knew, but this is where Grissom confirms that Veronica, as a backup plan, basically had framed Aaron. So mm-hmm. like if she got caught, she was going to be able to put it on Aaron. Yeah. And maybe, and Aaron, uh, maybe some of the books she were back in the place and some of the books were you know, only yeah, a couple yeah. of them had to be there. That's quite possible. Yeah. Yeah. And Aaron, understandably pretty upset that he thought Veronica like actually cared about him and they actually, you know, had a romantic relationship when she was just using him, but he didn't kill her. She accidentally killed herself by chewing on one of her pens that had some ricin on it. I'm like Othello and Desdemona. Yes. Yes. And he's like, well, I didn't kill, but I didn't kill Veronica. And Grissom's like, no, you didn't. And. But he did a little bit. Because. Only, well, I mean, not not in a real yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. In a, in a, well, if you didn't complain about the book in front of yeah, the boss, you yeah, yeah. had to poison him. She wouldn't have killed herself. I was beside myself when they showed the scene of her making the rice in and getting on her pen. And I literally down my notes. She killed herself. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> that was not on my bingo card. So Nick, what did you think about this episode? I actually think this might be my favorite episode so far this season. I really liked it. It definitely had like, some weird things. I mean, we talked about them. The one of the plot, like the end of the train plot, they definitely messed up. I think the synchronization of events. But other than that, I felt like I didn't actually know what was going to happen throughout the whole episode, which I like. Like I want to be guessing and constantly root, like running through scenarios in my head. I mentioned that when they were like, 
oh yeah, she made her own rice and poison and then killed herself by biting her own pen. I was like, what? <laughs> it totally caught me off. So anytime they do that, and on the second watch through, this is usually where like my idea of an episode goes from good to great. When I'm like, oh yeah, they are like they earned that. They 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 shot this the right way. They they you know they did all the right things. So like that that a plot, I, even though it was technically the second plot we saw, but the um, forgery poisoning plot is definitely the like to me the better of the two plots. But I still enjoyed the other one. I enjoyed the kind of work that went to figuring it out because it was very mysterious and, and and do it. So I was trying to remember. I don't. I can't think of an episode. A couple other episodes that I liked, but I think this one is right now at the top of the list so far this season. So funny enough, I did not enjoy this episode, but I will also say that part of that could be because trying to take notes for it was painful because it jumped around a lot. And so it was difficult to note that as I was going along. It's definitely not my least favorite. Like it's not an airplane episode by any stretch of the imagination, but I think, I just think I don't like how they... The, the portrayal of an autistic person, even though I do agree with you that I think it was actually ahead of its time at the time. I just feel like it hasn't aged well. And I think I struggle with that. And, but yeah, I mean, it was okay. I agree that it's, it, it, it had some nice twists and turns to it. And I probably did enjoy it more when I first watched it versus the, you know, now seeing it for the third, fourth, fifth, time but as i said that makes a lot of sense too because like i think everyone has a different level of connection to those things and i think you have a much you know it means a lot more to you that there's good representation in that space and that can become a much bigger hurdle to enjoying an episode that's the thing about things that not don't age well is they don't age well you know what i mean they get worse over time so like you may have had a higher opinion of an episode like this 20 years ago when you first watched it i think it's totally valid to say, to hold that against the episode 20 years later yeah but i am very excited for the next episode so we will be back next week with season two episode eight slaves of las vegas i'm so excited i'm so excited for this episode in the meantime you can find us on Facebook at Who Are You? Colon, a CSI podcast. We are also on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Who Are You? CSI pod. You can also email us at Who Are You? CSI pod at gmail.com. But otherwise, we will see you next week. No spoilers. No spoilers.